Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Shout out to Seeky for sponsoring the Devil's State of Mind podcast. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. They out a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green means good and red means bad. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my promo code Devil State of Mind. Again, my promo code is Devil State of Mind. Click the link in our social medias on our link tree to download the app and remember to use our promo code devil state of mind click the link in my profile slash description of anything that i have i'll have it on all of my links and once again shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing app of the devil state of mind podcast the man they call hollywood is back in the Garden State. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check this episode out and all the episodes that I put out. You guys already know that I truly and greatly appreciate everybody's support all the time. It means the absolute world to me. You already know that this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored, as always, by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And yes, obviously, no NHL going on, no NBA going on, but you have still plenty of other sports, Major League Baseball, Almost to the halfway point of the season, you have Major League Soccer, you have the USFL, the Spring Football League having its championship game this week. You have different major golf events, including, you know, the match, which is coming up very soon. And with all that going on, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one place to get in on all of the huge, huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on this action, all you got to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook, sign up, use our promo code THPN. Again, promo code is THPN. And as always, tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And as always, a big thank you and shout out to 
our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of THPN as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And as always, Devils fans, make sure to bet responsibly. And also a shout out to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing partner of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And if you want to get $20 off your first purchase and get the best bang for your buck for tickets, whether it's for sports, concerts, or anything like that, go to SeatGeek right now. Use my promo code at checkout, Devil State of Mind. Again, promo code Devil State of Mind, and you can get $20 off your first purchase when using SeatGeek. They use a 1 to 10 scale. They also use a red, green, and yellow scale so that you know, very much know that you are getting the best offer and the best ticket you can for whatever event you are attending. So shout out again to SeatGeek for being the official ticketing partner of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And last, but certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of breaking news for you if you're just listening on the podcast and if you haven't been checking it out on my social medias, at Devil State on Twitter, Devil State of Mind on Facebook, and at Devil State of Mind on Instagram. We have a very intriguing sponsor in Horns and Tail Napa Valley. They are the official wine club of your New Jersey Devils. I have been talking with them for the last couple of weeks. I told you guys that we would continue to get more and more opportunities to get uh, to get some sponsors. And we have a very big one for you guys. And as I said before, I'm so excited, so unbelievably excited to be partnering with, with this absolutely tremendous people. And let me give you a little bit of background as to, you know, what, uh, what they are all about. So Horns and Tail is proud to be the official wine club of the New Jersey Devils, allowing them to bring together two passions, hockey and wine in an exciting and memorable way. They offer premium, limited production Napa Valley wines. They also have a ton of gift options, specifically for Devils fans, their wine club offers a wide range of gift options, including individual bottles, curated gift sets, and exclusive merchandise providing the perfect present for any occasion. Every bottle was created by the team with our winery to honor the history and celebrate the success of the team. Their winery has worked closely with the team to create wines that embody the spirit and achievements of the Devils, allowing fans to savor the memories and celebrate their favorite team. And what's best of all, Every purchase helps support the Devil's Youth Foundation. And so, if you want to get an opportunity to taste this absolutely phenomenal wine and have the official wine of your New Jersey Devils, when you go to checkout, make sure to use my promo code Devil's State and you can get 10% off your order. I've already seen several people use it and get their opportunity to get some wine. And I'm so excited to be working with Horns and Tails. Again, make sure to use promo code Devil's State when you check out and you can get 10% off your order. So shout out to Horns and Tails, the official wine club of the New Jersey Devils for now being a sponsor of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, we've certainly had a lot and uh, don't worry, it won't, you know, the intro won't be as long. Um, 
won't be this long for every single episode moving forward. I promise you that. Uh, we do have a bunch to get to here on this episode. And what's really interesting is that you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, June 27th. I will have another episode out the following day, Wednesday, June 28th, because that will be our NHL draft preview, preview as well as kind of more of an update on news and rumors because we'll be welcoming on Alex Chauvency of the Hockey Writers, who has been on the podcast several times before. We will discuss what the Devils might be looking for in the draft, what other rumors there might be out there. Could the Devils be trying to move up in the draft? Could they be trying to make some moves at the draft to acquire somebody? You know, who knows? And we'll get a lot of that information and a good idea of it once we speak to Alex Um uh, tomorrow. So make sure you guys not only check out this episode, obviously, but go check out uh, our NHL draft preview episode tomorrow with the hockey writer's own Alex Chauvency. So yeah, today we're going to talk about Devils did re-sign another player. It was not Timo Meyer, but it is another very valuable player to this team. And a lot of us are super excited to have him back. There's also been some rumors and rumblings uh, involving two current Devils players and one that uh, we've talked about before, but uh, things have uh, maybe picked up a tiny bit. Also, the uh, preseason schedule came out um, earlier this past uh, this past week. So we'll, um, we'll dive into that. Also, I know that the NHL schedule will be out um, later today on Tuesday. So I will talk about that as well with Alex when uh, when we get the official word on that. And finally, we will cl- quickly go through the NHL awards because last night on Monday night was the NHL awards. The Devils had three different people represented with an opportunity to win an award. And we'll see if they did in fact win one. We'll go through all of the awards and uh, go from there. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, so let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's start with the re-signing news. So on Friday afternoon, Kevin Weeks of ESPN first reported that the Devils and Eric Halla were closing in on a three-year contract extension. Later on that day, we had more reporters come out and confirm it, and then eventually the Devils themselves officially announced the deal. It is a three-year deal at $9.4 million total, which comes out to $3.15 million in average annual value. That's how much he'll be making per season. Halda also has a full no trade protection in the first two seasons of his contract. So the only way, in at least the first two years, that he could be off this team is if he got cut. He cannot be traded. And then he'll have a six-team no trade clause in 25-26, which will be the final year of his deal. So Eric Hall was a guy that we all agree we wanted to have back in the organization. You know, he had a very interesting year. You know, if you remember, he was traded past offseason from Boston to the Devils in exchange for Pavel Zaka. And, you know, he got off to a really good start, seemed to be playing really well. Then he had a lot of bad puck luck in the middle months of the year. And obviously myself and many others were very critical of him. But he started to pick things up again late in the season. Really was phenomenal in the first round series against the New York Rangers. And uh, really became a valuable part 
of this team. Several guys on the team, including Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and guys like that, expressed their wanting for him to come back. Eric Hollis said the second that the season was over, he went to Tom Fitzgerald and said, we need to get a deal done. I want to be here. This is my family. You know, I believe that this team has the ability to win a Stanley Cup and be competitive for a very long time. And I want to be here. And so I think that shows you just how great of a job Tom Fitzgerald has done is building the culture, the guys that the Devils have in that locker room. And it's great to get a guy like that back. He is becoming, or he pretty much is now a fan favorite. Um, and it's great that he's going to be able to come back. He did a great job on the faceoff dot, one of our better faceoff guys. He played really well at times with Jack Hughes. You know, who knows what, you know, if that'll be the same thing going into next season. But it's great to get Hulla back. There was ne- I don't I don't think there was ever a doubt that he wasn't going to come back. I think he definitely uh, was going to come back. It was just a matter of time. In 80 games this past season with the Devils, uh, Hall of finished with 14 goals and 41 points. Pretty solid. Um, he also led the Devils in points during the first round, as I mentioned before, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He scored four goals and six points in the Devils' uh, seven-game series win. And you have to remember that Eric Hall has pretty much been a journeyman for the last five, six years. In the last six seasons, Eric Hall has played for five different teams. He even played for the 17-18 inaugural Vegas Golden Knights team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. He has been around. He has gone from, it's the last several years up until now, he has just joined a new team every single year. And as I mentioned before, during the exit interviews, Halla was adamant about wanting to come back to New Jersey. Um, and clearly, Jack Hughes was, is uh, Eric Hall's biggest fan. And when you look at it, um, you know, I talked about Eric Hall being on the faceoff dot. His faceoff percentage was really good, 54.2%. Really did a good job. And when Hughes skated with Hall at 5-on-5 five five this past season, uh, Hughes had 22 points and 14 goals, the highest to- goal tally among Devils forwards. So Jack Hughes really, really found a lot of success, most of his success while playing alongside number 56. So it really is great for uh, Eric Hall and his family that now he has some security and he's going to be in New Jersey and stay here for a while. He has become a fan favorite, and I'm really, really hoping that he could be a part of a team that wins the Stanley Cup because he really does deserve it. And I'm excited that Hollywood is back and he's going to be a devil for quite some time. So again, the Devils officially re-signed Eric Hall to a three-year contract worth $9.4 million in total. And again, the AAV is $3.15 million per year. So, as I mentioned before, the man they call Hollywood will be a New Jersey Devil for quite some time. So the next thing I wanted to talk about here on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, let's talk about some Devil's rumors and rumblings. And as I mentioned in the intro, two of the rumors slash rumblings involve guys who are currently on the Devils, and one who is, without a doubt, probably the biggest rumor that we have this offseason, and that is Connor Hellebuck. Now, I just wrote an article for Big Apple Hockey discussing why and why not the Devils should, you know, go after Connor Hellebuck. Um, I really, really think you guys should check it out. Um, I'll leave a uh, link to it uh, on the thread on Twitter, um, and you guys can check it out on my pinned um my pin, one of my pin posts on Instagram and just check it out on bigapplehockey.com. Don't forget, by the way, to leave a like if you like the article and also leave a comment if you want to chat up with me. Now, 
The latest on Connor Hellbuck is as follows. Pierre Lebrun, on a most recent article wrote for The Athletic, stated that the Devils, who have expressed interest in acquiring Connor Hellbuck, may be willing to do a deal for him without an extension. Uh, LeBron also did mention on Monday that there isn't a whole lot in terms of things picking up with a Hellbuck deal. Um, so, but he says things could obviously change in the next couple of days, maybe even tomorrow on Wednesday when the NHL draft comes along. Um, I think it would be much easier for the Devils um, to acquire Connor Hellebuck as a rental and deal with just his cap hit, at least for this year, which is at $6.16 million uh, for the season, see where things go, and then think about long-term plans. And perhaps, maybe depending on how the season goes and how Connor Hellebuck feels about playing with the Devils, although it seems like he has expressed interest in um, you know, signing with the Devils long-term, maybe the Devils could work out a team-friendly contract. And if they can't get anything done... Um, they could certainly uh, have him just go and become a free agent and do a sign-in trade like the Devils just did with Damon Severson and at least get something for him. And if Connor Hellebuck signs a long-term deal somewhere else, right, you know, a long-term deal, he, the Devils could get a decent amount for him and then it's not the not the end of the world. Um, it also, if you're just acquiring um, Connor Hellebuck as just a rental, like you did with Timo Meyer, although that was a little bit different, the package won't be as much. You won't have to give up as much because technically you'll be only acquiring a rental. Um, you know, and I, and I mentioned in the article for Big Apple Hockey that the, the, the thing that is so difficult with this is a couple of factors. One is that, you know, with Nico Dawes out until mid-December of next season after off-season surgery, do the Devils feel that they should let Akira Schmidt go back down to Utica, play the majority of next season down there, continue to develop? Or is it time for him to take that step to being a full-time NHL player? And then the next thing is, if you are going to acquire Connor Hellebuck, are you going to probably move Vitek Vanacek? He has two years left on his deal, not making a whole lot of money. Um, it is very possible that the Devils would move Vitek Vanacek. I don't think they would be willing to give up Akira Schmidt unless they felt that Vitek could bounce back. But after the playoffs, I'm, I, I can understand why people are not as um, ex exactly thrilled about Vitek Vanacek. But I, I do believe both Vitek and Akira are going to bounce back now having some experience. But, you know, what else would the Devils have to give up? Probably a first-round pick. I'd imagine they'd have to give up some sort of a prospect. I'm thinking maybe Alexander Holtz or something like that. But especially if it's a rental, I don't know if the Devils would be as willing to give up those major assets. Unless they really do believe that they can get a long-term deal done or a deal that's going to be favorable to them and maybe also favorable to uh, Connor Hellbuck as well. Also, you have to keep in mind this. You need to have money to re-sign guys like Dawson Mercer, who will be an RFA after this upcoming season. Luke Hughes will be an RFA two years from now, um, you know, in um, you know, because he's entering the second year of his um of his ELC. And then you have obviously Simone Nemetz, who is yet to play a game in the NHL. Uh his uh ELC also ends the same year as Luke Hughes. So you definitely have to you know, be weary of the fact that you have to have money to re-sign those guys as well. Whether you do a bridge deal, a long-term deal, whatever the case may be. But if you can get Connor Hellebuck and then sign him to a team-friendly deal, that might make things easier. But, and again, 
if you acquire Connor Hellebuck, obviously you have the upper, you have a guy who's a top five goaltender in the league right now. You know, he was a Vesna Trophy finalist this past year, has won the Vesna Trophy before, has won 30 plus games four out of the eight years of his career, has won 25 or more in six of his eight years in the NHL, has had a good amount of success in the playoffs. Not this year necessarily, but you go back to 17-18, you know, he got the Winnipeg Jets all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Like, he could very well be the missing piece to the Devils championship puzzle. Very well could be. Um, I, I don't know how serious the Devils are. It doesn't sound like, based on what Fitzgerald has said, he... He has not said anything that makes me believe that he doesn't want to go with uh, Vitek and Akira next season. But if there's an offer to be made and it's a reasonable one, the Devils, knowing Tom Fitzgerald, will make it. He will do it. That's what he does. And I trust him that he's going to do the best thing for this Devils team because he's given me every reason to believe him from from the time he's taken over. Um, so, you know, again, as always, we'll see what happens with it. Um, you know, my personal opinion, if you can get a, if you want to get them, um, and you get them as a rental and then maybe down the road, you, you, um, you know, you sign up to a team friendly deal, then, then great. Uh, other than that, I'm really not interested in acquiring a guy like that. Who's looking for $9.5 million AAV in his next deal. You don't want to put yourself in cap hell, um, you know, this early on in the devil's, um, you know, window of opportunity to win a cup. So, you know, we'll see what happens um, with Connor Hellbuck and see how things progress moving forward. Now let's talk about Timo Meyer. A uh, couple days ago, more specifically on June 21st, episode of 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet reported that the Devils and Meyer are really grinding away at an eight-year extension. Per Friedman said, quote, no one disputed that Meyer told his agent to get an eight-year deal done, end quote. With free agency opening on Saturday, Timo uh, you know, it's Saturday, July 1st, uh, Meyer sending an extension for this week would not be a surprise at all. I, I don't think it would be. I, I wouldn't even be surprised next two or three days, uh, a deal gets done. Um, I kind of agree with what, uh, Alex Sovency of the hockey writers kind of said about what Timo's contract is going to look like. It's similar to Bo Horvat's, the one he signed with, uh, the New York Islanders. It was an eight year deal at $8.5 million. Um, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the way I think it's going to go because I think Timo is going to end up getting paid more than Jack Hughes. I know that Tom Fitzgerald has been able to get pretty much everybody to be paid, un, you know, less than Jack Hughes. But as we all know, Jack Hughes contract at this point is a freaking bargain, uh, with Timo, I think we're going to have to pay a little bit higher, but I do think that it's going to get done. I don't think that we're going to get beyond July 1st and we're still not going to have a deal. I think things are going to be fine. Because I think also for Tom Fitzgerald, he would love to get a deal done before July 1st. So then there, he knows, okay, we got the Brad contract done. We got the Timo contract done. Now we can kind of focus on the quote-unquote cheaper deals, um, you know, guys, you know, to bring back, like even Michael McLeod and Nate Bastion, Jesper Boquist potentially, and then look into the free agent market and even trade market and to see what the Devils uh, can do to help this team get better. So again, with Timo Meyer, they're just, you know, Grinding away at it, as Elliot Friedman put it. So we'll see how things uh, progress with that. But I, I'm really, I really don't have a lot to worry about that. Um, also in the Athletics Trade Board 3.0 for uh, that Pierre LeBrun uh, wrote, it's the same article when he was talking about Connor Hellebuck. Um, he mentions Pierre LeBrun mentions Yegor Sharangovich making his first appearance on there at number 14. He also reported that Fitzgerald is starting to take calls on him as they may not be able to afford him after a Meyer extension. And, 
you know, with Sharon Govich, obviously there was a good amount of, not like a huge amount of hype, but there was a lot of excitement around him. You know, I can remember second game of his career, scores the game when he going overtime for his first NHL goal. You know, obviously he looked like a guy that could very well be a legitimate top six uh, winger for the Devils for years to come. And this past year, he really did struggle. Even after the rest of the team got out of its funk, he never really seemed to get going. There were many games where he wasn't a factor pretty much at all. We know when he's going, his shot is lethal. We know what he can do on the penalty kill, scoring shorthanded. But, you know, he obviously could not keep himself in that top six. And with how things are going right now in the top six, I just don't think there's a spot for Sharon Govich at this point. So I do believe that the Devils are going to look to try to maybe get something for him and not obviously uh, give him up for nothing. He is a free agent, obviously, but the Devils could certainly do another sign and trade or just trade the rights to at least acquire a pick. Because I think one thing Tom Fitzgerald loves to do is, is get picks for some guys and obviously acquire um, some assets that you can use for other things. So yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of sad to see it, but I, I think the writing is on the wall. This is a business and um, you know, we'll see how things progress with Sharon Govich and see if, uh, see how it goes. I think that, I think that if Sharon Govich is going to get moved, I think it's probably going to be after Timo Meyer gets his deal. Which obviously you'd hope is the next day or two, so that you can, um, so you can really start to look at you know other things and kind of go from there. So you know we'll see about that. Also, the Devils I should mention did make a very minor trade um, on Monday. They traded Riley Walsh to the Boston Bruins for Shane Bowers. Uh, Riley Walsh, obviously a prospect, defensive prospect in our system. He just wasn't going to get an opportunity to play in New Jersey. There just isn't space for him. We have a very deep. Uh, defensive core, even in our prospects. And, you know, he need he deserves the opportunity to play, to get a lot more playing time. And hopefully he'll get that in Boston with Shane Bowers. He's a former first round pick. He, he's a center. Um, he's unfortunately not lived up to the hype. He has uh, dealt with injuries. He's had, actually had COVID a couple of times. So he's much more of a reclamation project. Uh, Dan McKinnon, uh, the assistant general manager of the Devils and current GM of the Utica Comets, he stated that he is looking to create depth in Utica, not just for the Devils themselves, but also for the Comets and to try to, you know, obviously get the team going a little bit more and obviously, you know, add some, add some more, you know, hopefully scoring. So, you know, we'll see what Bowers can do while he's down in Utica. Uh, wish Riley Walsh nothing but the best. Obviously, it's unfortunate that things did not work out, but it's kind of a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have that you are willing to give up a guy who could very well be a very good NHL player or just an NHL player, period, um, because you just don't have enough room for him. That's so much talent you really have in your system. So, you know, the Devils made that minor deal as well. And lastly here, uh, the Devils did release their preseason schedule early um, earlier in last week. They'll play seven games in the preseason beginning on September 25th against the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers and ending on October 6th against the New York Islanders. All their preseason tilts will come against local teams, Islanders, Flyers, and New York Rangers, except for the opener against the Canadiens and Flyers, which I mentioned two teams that night. It is because it'll be a split squad matchup. So we'll have a bunch of guys playing one game and a bunch of guys playing another. It happens all the time in the NHL preseason. So a lot of preseason, and as I mentioned before, here on Tuesday the 27th, um, we will know the Devils' full schedule. We'll probably get some more information about the Stadium Series game and kind of go from there. 
So that is all the rumors and rumblings that we have up until this point with the New Jersey Devils. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 8-1800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for one 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, draftkings.com, slash baseball terms. And lastly here, we are going to wrap things up with recapping the NHL awards. It happened last night, Monday the 26th, live from Nashville. It was one of the strangest slash entertaining award shows I've seen. I felt like it was dragged on a lot more than it should have been. And I know, obviously, country music is very big in Nashville, but I felt like it was a little bit overdone. Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got with that. So let's go through the awards. And we'll go kind of in order of how they were presented at the awards. So starting with the 10 Lindsay, which is voted on, you know, best player in the NHL, voted on by the players. No surprise, it was Connor McDavid. Uh, Then we went to the Lady Bing. And remember, the Devils have three different guys um, as nominees for awards. Jack Hughes for Lady Bing, Nico Heischer for the Selkie, and Lindy Ruff for the Jack Adams for Coach of the Year. Unfortunately, Jack Hughes, who I think probably had the best shot of any of the three guys to win an award, finished in second place in the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy voting. Anjay Kopitar of the LA Kings won his second Lady Bing Award and uh, won it this year. So Jack Hughes finishing in second you know, he had one more penalty than Andre Kopitar, and who knows if that was really the difference in that. Mark Messier NHL Leadership Award went to Steven Stamkos. EJ McGuire Award of Excellence went to Connor Bedard. Nico Heischer actually won it in his draft year, fun fact. Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year was Matty Beniers of the Seattle Kraken. Then we got to the Selkie Trophy, and I didn't really have a lot of high expectations. I honestly believed that Patrice Bergeron was going to win it. And that's exactly what happened is Patrice Bergeron wins his sixth, sixth Selkie Trophy. At this point, it should be renamed the Patrice Bergeron Award. Nico Heischer, though, finished in second place in front of Mitch Marner of the Leafs. So for Nico and Jack, they both finished in second place, although Patrice won by a pretty wide margin, I might add. 
but still, that is awesome that uh, Nico finished uh, runner-up to winning the Selkie Trophy. He'll be back there and uh, a front-runner to win it for years to come. I truly believe that. Bill Masters tin went to Crystal Tang. Vesta Trophy went to Linus Allmark. King Clancy Memorial Trophy went to Michael Backlund. And then we had the Jack Adams. Once again, Devil's Representative finished in second place. Lindy Ruff finished in second in the Jack Adams Award voting. Jim Montgomery of the Boston Bruins won the award. Uh, not a shock that the Bruins won a lot of these awards, especially if they're regular season awards. And I think also for Lindy Ruff and for Jack Hughes and Nico, they all finished in second. That shows you just how much respect the NHL has for those guys and the Devils organization and knows that they're very much on the up and up. So Devils go 0 for 3 in NHL awards, but trust me, guys, those guys and maybe some others will be back there for many years to come. Uh, lastly here, we had the Norris Trophy for Defenseman of the Year, Eric Carlson, not a shock. And then Hart Trophy, again, not a shock, Connor McDavid won that. So Connor McDavid finishing another fantastic year, won the Hart, won the 10 Lidsey, won the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy, just a phenomenal year for Connor McDavid. And so that was the 2023 NHL award. So again, obviously you would have loved to have seen at least one of the guys on the Devils win an award. Um, but you know what? Like I said before, the Devils are going to have many more opportunities uh, to do that. And obviously, again, as I mentioned before, the Stanley Cup is way more important. I'd rather this team win multiple Stanley Cups than have you know guys winning major awards every single year but not winning anything team-wise. At the end of the day, this is a team sport. So, but you know, congratulations to everybody who won an award. Shout out to Nico, Jack, and Lindy for you know finishing runners up in all of their uh, voting. Um, and now we enter into the NHL draft mode. And as I mentioned before, that'll be uh, Wednesday, the twenty eighth. And we will have Alex Chauvency, who covers the New Jersey Devils for the Hockey Riders, joining us here on the next episode, which will be out tomorrow, as we will preview what the Devils might do in terms of drafting players, any sort of rumors and rumblings that Alex has been hearing, and we will go from there. So make sure you guys check that out. And the offseason is really underway. We had the awards. Now we're going to have the draft later on this weekend. Start a free agency. So the NHL uh, season for 2023 and 24 is officially rolling.